All right, we are back a month later, and this time I have Gabby joining me on the podcast today because we're going to talk about something that, as a family, we talk about a lot, but I mentioned this to clients, and it's really hard for them to wrap their head around the fact that your body is sending you clues all the time. We always think like our body is like just a victim of circumstance. Like I got this injury. Um, I have this headache. My stomach always hurts. And we think that it's, it's, you know, whatever this idea that it's a virus attacking us or that it's something that, uh, our genetics just predispose us to when in reality, it's your body's innate wisdom and its ability to constantly heal itself that is sending us a signal. So Gabby experienced this firsthand. If you're not already on Gabby's um, email list, I highly recommend that you join her email list because she sends out really uh, inspirational, motivational emails. And so today, Gabby, tell us that like you sent out a really cool email and I thought that would be a good opportunity. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a lot about what you said that... um, I guess I'll start with the story first. Um, so in the last two weeks, we've transitioned from being in Lander. I guess it's been almost three weeks now, hasn't it? And time um, flies when you're having flies. fun. Time flies also when it rains a lot because oh. the days go by. You have to stall and wait out all these rainy days. And then anyway, we've been uh, back. In, we've been in South Dakota for like three weeks now. And the funny thing is I came here and I was like, and I left Lander to an extent to focus on work again because I felt like I'd just been a little bit lost on what exactly I was working on and so my intention when we were coming here was like okay I need to gain some clarity on what you know what purpose am I focusing on what project am I focusing on and even though my intention was all there to be focused on work I have been completely unproductive for two weeks Completely unproductive. And so then I shifted my mind. Like, okay, well, this is going to just be a relaxing vacation sort of thing. Turned out to be, uh, I mean, I tried. I tried my best <laughs> to have a relaxing sort of vacation. But uh, as I'm sharing, like, in my email that I wrote today, and one thing I have to say is that this might seem like, duh, Gabby. But, you know, as an Enneagram 3, and even as someone who's pretty mindful, I am completely in some ways dissociated from my emotions. Like I have trouble understanding that I'm experiencing an emotion right now and that's actually happening at all times. To me, I have trouble understanding that that's happening and I have trouble interpreting what that emotion is saying if I can even get myself to feel it. And so uh, over the last two weeks, I haven't really been productive. So I told myself I was gonna just relax and read But at the same time, I also don't really have many hobbies these days. I kind of have like lost my creative inspiration to do photography or film or write. All of it has kind of been just a lackluster. Uh, And so then like a week ago, I started having like stomach aches. And it's not, it wasn't like dramatic. It wasn't like I had, oh my gosh, this terrible stomach ache. But as someone who like prior to coming to South Dakota, I felt like I was at the peak of my health because... I had done um, a six-week parasite cleansing diet to heal my acne, and that's actually another cool story. We're gonna have to do a whole podcast on yeah. that. On you know, I had acne for like four years, chronic acne, and it was not hormonal related. It wasn't even necessarily gut health related because I had cut gluten and dairy years ago, 
and it this acne persisted and then I did the parasite cleansing diet which is almost a carnivore diet but I don't know I guess you could call it an elimination diet just and I healed my acne finally once and for all so I was at the peak of my health and then all of a sudden I was actually eating cleaner over these last two weeks and I had the stomach ache so I was like this doesn't make any sense I'm eating so good I'm at the peak of my health what's wrong so then I was like okay Well, then maybe it's stress because immediately I know just how like the gut microbiome works. Typically, it's uh, stress related if it's stomach. But I was like, well, I'm not stressed. I'm not working. I'm relaxing. This is me relaxing. I'm great. And so I didn't think anything was wrong. And I was climbing. We were climbing almost every day. And I felt like I was pretty happy, too. But the stomach ache persisted. It kept. I was like, I don't understand. I'm not stressed. And so it persisted long enough and it irritated me. It bothered me. That I finally got, okay, I need to research this and figure something out. And when I got into researching it, I kind of got to the root of the fact that it probably, it stemmed from a weak vagal tone, which is basically your vagus nerve is not functioning at its prop, in its proper way. Your vagus nerve is uh, something I've researched a lot because it has a lot to do with, um, uh, it's the communication pathway between your gut and your pineal gland and your pituitary gland. And those two glands regulate all the other hormones in your body. And it also regulates your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. So it's really, really important. And it was not functioning right. And that was, I discovered kind of the root of the stomach aches that I was having. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I know from all my research over the years that if the vagus nerve is not functioning right, it's because you're chronically stressed. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not chronically stressed right now. (laughs) So this is the part where it goes into though. A mindset of like not this is happening and this is bad that my body's doing this thing I need to fix it but shifting it and this is huge right here not instead of looking at this is happening to me and I need to fix it this is happening to me and it's telling me something that I need to heal and or what we like to say, this is happening for you. It's happening right. for me. This is showing me something and bringing it to light. And so I shifted it and instead it became, okay, I admit it. I'm stressed. Maybe if I just accept the fact that the, this is happening, I'm obviously stressed. Otherwise, my vagus nerve would be functioning properly. And as soon as I admitted to the fact that, okay, maybe I'm stressed. Because I had trouble rationalizing the fact that how could I be unproductive and stressed? As a type three, I'm like, this is failing. I'm failing if I am unproductive and also stressed. So now I'm just failing at life and at work. Because at least in one way you're going to achieve like some success and some element. Now you're just like, now I'm just sitting here and not achieving. Exactly. But then I admitted to the fact, okay, so I'm stressed. And then all of a sudden, everything I couldn't feel, I couldn't like actually feel like I wasn't stressed all of a sudden now all the thoughts and emotions start bubbling to the surface down from my subconscious into the conscious brain and they start just trickling in you have to do this that's why you need to have a meditation practice otherwise there's no space for that subconscious thoughts to start bubbling up and I started like noticing not just one thought but this whole chaotic tornado of all the things that were causing me stress started bubbling to the surface and I don't know if you want to like go into what that is, but I think kind of like the point is, um, is one, noticing that your body's telling you something. And when you accept the fact that your body's telling you something and not just a problem that needs to be fixed, then it becomes an indicator for you to uh, start questioning, uh, 
and actually this is another interesting thing. So your body communicates with you, but it communicates with you very specifically. Uh, I think we've talked about in past podcasts that uh, Dr. Melissa Sell talks about Germanic New Medicine. And Germanic New Medicine is just the elaborate theorized idea that your body's communicating with you to heal something. She talks a lot about uh, how you know cancers are a manifestation of unhealed traumas, um, but it goes through all ailments and dis-ease that you go through in your body. So, for example, if I had a stomach ache, that is in Germanic New Medicine, was referred to as like an indigestible morsel conflict. Of course, that can be happen on a grander scale or something like a micro, you know, acute. A, it could be chronic, could, something that you're constantly dealing with, or acute, where it's like one time, like you see your child, um, you see your child die or something was the one that they, she used an example on how some how that caused uh, the founder of Germanic New Medicine to have testicular cancer I believe and things like that that there are some that are like match up A cause B or some can be like because you live constantly for years and years with A, B, and C you're having this. So Absolutely yeah so like and it can like, like I mean it can be grand scale and it can be small scale so a small scale feeling of indigestible morsel is a stomach ache but someone who had an indigestible morsel for 10 years of their life can develop like stomach, stomach cancer, cancer. Yeah. exactly um it was really interesting what I, what I find like because you know I always like to have a take home like we can just sit here and tell stories and the stories are really important because they be, make it relatable but the big thing is that I, I see in everybody that I work with and this, this common theme of first not, not stepping into the possibility that you're making yourself sick, that you're, you're manifesting. And it's not that you're manifesting the thing, it's that you're manifesting the addiction to some type of stress. You've, you've justified in your head why it's okay and you know, we each Enneagram has its own, but, but like Gabby's explaining, she's justified while pro, why productivity should be linked to achievement, which should be linked to self-worth. Right. And so we have that first step. That step is so hard for people to come to terms with that, you know, or me as an Enneagram eight, that I, that addiction to control is causing these problems. Then you have this, so you have, you're manifesting the thing and your body's stepping in to say, Hey, give me, I want to heal it. You're not listening. I'm trying to heal it. Okay, fine. I'm going to get your attention with this symptom. And now you have a symptom. And we, so the first part is like what Gabby was saying kind of in the email is like the first awareness of like, Oh wait, this symptom's telling me, let's go see Let's open this door. Oh, what could it possibly? The next part is curiosity. We're so close-minded to thinking and seeing things from a specific lens that to be able to open your eyes to the possibility that, uh, you know, there's something, something outside of what you, because if it was in a conscious level, you would know, oh, I did this, you know, I didn't sleep for three days. So of course I'm sick right now. Like that's conscious. Consciously, you know, these things most of the time. It's the subconscious thing that your body's trying to make you aware of that takes a lot of curiosity. Right? Absolutely. A lot of curiosity. And so, so step one is awareness, right? Oh, this thing is happening for me. Step two is, oh, what possibly, how could I look at this differently? How could I 
think outside the box in what, what, what might be going on subconsciously. Meditation's a great way to get insight into it. Having somebody who's intuitive and sees your patterns. Because a lot of times we fall asleep to our own um, behaviors. We think what is normal must be what's normal for everyone. And that's not true. Then three is the... <laughs> three is really... Like most people don't even get to three. But three is where things change. Three is where we deconstruct it. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about like, how do you, how you, Gabby, because I know you're really good at this, like you'll deconstruct it and now, and sure enough, something else is going to arise and you're like, no way, I'm stressing it. Oh my gosh, I'm totally stressing it. I don't like, but you probably see yourself. I know I can say this because I know I see it in myself. The, the cycle gets a little bit better or a little bit faster, or a little bit, um, you become better at diffusing it. You start to deconstruct because it's, it's a process to deconstruct. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to say um, before I dive into like the deconstructing part is uh, I think one of the things that, you know, when you're in that curiosity part that you talked about, how you have to get curious about like, well, what could this be telling me? Like, hmm, start asking yourself questions like that. You also have to get very in tune with what homeostasis feels like in your body. Mm. What, like, so one of the things that um, why I didn't think I was stressed for so long was that I thought I felt fine. Oh, I, and this is one thing that we, you know, you probably notice when you work with your, with clients a lot. Um, you know, when, uh, dad works with clients too, and myself, (laughs) we don't think we're stressed. When people ask you, Oh, do you feel like you're stressed out? No, 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 I'm fine. I'm doing great. Doing great. And that was me like this last two weeks. I'm doing great. Like i legitimately thought I was doing great and so it's not that you're like necessarily outright lying you just aren't in tune with homeostasis feels like in your body so what does that even mean when I say (laughs) homeostasis is knowing what relaxation feels like in your body and so a lot of us are so addicted to stress that we very very rarely feel relaxed and that's why like for a lot of people their first or second meditation is just mind-blowing because just feeling relaxed. Honestly, even your first or second yoga class. They're so amazed because they've never felt relaxed before. But you have to really capture that feeling. That's supposed to be normal. That relaxation you feel like in a yoga after a yoga class, that should be your set point. Of course, it's not realistically, but you have to know that because otherwise you'll get caught in stress not know you're stressed so I finally when I accepted the fact that I was stressed that's when I was all oh jeez I should have known I should have known I was stressed this whole time because my body was communicating stress before it manifested as a stomach ache I had this I have jaw tension massive amounts of jaw tension that's something that's actually like chronic in my life that I really you know I can use as an indicator how stressed I am is how much my jaw bothers me I have like a coppery taste in my mouth from like you know, an imbalanced gut, I guess. Um, And then you feel like that wired and tired that you always talk about where it's like, you feel kind of sleepy and not exactly energetic, but then your heart's racing and you feel like you're really able to go (sighs) often. You always laugh at me because you're like, Kathy, what's wrong? like, what? (laughs) Nothing's wrong. She's like, you're sighing a lot. Like, well, I just like can't get enough breath because your heart's racing, but then you're also tired anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a tangent, but I think it's really important if we're talking about like your body manifests stress, getting in tune with what relaxation feels like in your body. That way you can know that anything outside of that, that's stress. So, and, and people uh, have trouble, like 
again, the A to B. We want, we want a solution A for a problem B instead of looking at it that we have to come at it from many different angles. And so it's not to say that, um, okay, I, you're going to have to achieve homeostasis in multiple ways. Yes, meditation. Yes, yoga. But even in what you're eating, that's why it's so important because that homeostasis is if you're putting in things that are reacting in your body, now you've got internal conflict in, you know, you're not in that homeostasis um, set point. And then what about like all these homeostasis in your relationships, homeostasis in your, when you go to work or when your career, like there's so many elements that we get. Um, it's like an Indo board or those wobble boards. It's like, we might get homeostasis for one second in one spot, but then we're, our addiction to stress is throwing us in all these other ones. So I think the mind blowing part people go when I go, uh, I probably spend, what do you think? We spend probably three to four hours a day, like trying to improve our homeostasis between, between how much time like if we're spend, counting the amount, the amount of time spent in food alone is probably just, between three to four hours. And then with all of the different, like exercise because not you know we don't just sit around and meditate and practice and you need to like chase flow state too and it, it's it's crazy because we were like what you, you can't live life like that three to four hours I mean maybe I could even say that some of our days are seven to eight hours in like right. trying to feel trying to chase this homeostasis and people you can't do that and it's like well, well here's the funny thing to me is like where did we start where did we create this world that it's supposed to be like you have to live out of homeostasis you have to live in stress right like the majority of our lives we spent in stress and the irony is we say homeostasis as if it's just relaxation but literally homeostasis is fulfillment if you the more your t day that you spend in homeostasis the more fulfilled you will be as a human being because you're going to get into those alpha brain waves all of a sudden you have ideas and intuition and you feel like oh maybe i'm valuable and meaningful for more than just my my relationships and my tasks that i do at work <laughs> absolutely um so i don't want i mean the whole deconstructing can be really long um and we, that's basically the root of what Gabby and I do Monday nights in our Be The Hero uh, group coaching is give you lots of different approaches to empowering yourself to be the hero of your own story, which really in theory is learning how to deconstruct your programming. Absolutely. Um, last week we talked about just what the 12... 12 steps of a hero's journey look like and you know again we have that on a small scale we have it on a grand scale of your entire life things like that but we can keep it kind of to this um context of what you're talking about with your stomach ache and how how did how did you take so you you became aware you're like oh my stomach i'm not stressed i'm not stressed. oh my stomach keeps hurting okay maybe i need to relook at this and then you say like okay I admit I'm stressed. Okay. Then you go a step further with curiosity and you go, okay, where am I out of homeostasis? And then when you start to realize those subconscious thoughts, now the part where you transmute them. Now I think it looks different for a lot of people. My initial way to always process emotion. So you have to process emotion. That's what it is because like energy in motion is getting not it's not energy in motion energy it's is stuck. stopping <laughs> in your stomach so that energy needs to become emotion and you need to express emotion for some people this could look like first expressing it in a dialogue like and it, honestly it's kind of just like venting and it's nice if you can have someone who's really close to you who you can 
vet, essentially vent without like burdening them. Um, or you can do it through journaling. And this has literally always in my life been uh, essentially been my go-to. And I never would be like, oh, I'm like this really emotional person who journals. But because I have trouble expressing emotion, I can write to process. Then after that, you really have to go through all of it, though. You have to be able to um, communicate it at some point. Because if you, I mean, writing is good alone. But I think if you can write it and then speak it or speak it and then write it, you're really going to be able to get it out of your system because then once you get it out of your system, that's when you can go, okay, 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 wait, what's the, what's the goal again? What's the goal? And this is where you go back to your hero's journey. Okay, let me pause just for a second because this is a striking thing to me. It's like she said it as if it's normal. It's, it is normal. You've got to speak and say it. I don't know a single person that I work with that has an open throat chakra. I don't know anybody. I don't know hardly anybody with a balanced throat chakra. Um, it requires a brutal honesty and that's why I think writing is much easier because you have to admit to all the parts of yourself that you were basically told are not acceptable or not, or you're feel ashamed for because in general, in general in society, emotions are not considered acceptable, especially, you know, if you're like gen X particularly and like even millennial too, it's even less acceptable to, to have emotions as a human being. So even writing it, it's, it feels like this, ironically, it's less victimizing to express your emotions, but it's, but it feels like it's more victimizing. Like you're telling this pity party about yourself, yeah. but if you express it in writing, then you let it out of you and you're no longer someone who's victimizing yourself. You've processed it actually. Yeah. I think a lot of people have blocked thro- throat chakra because they feel this expectation that they're supposed to have their shit together at all times. And then remember emotions are not true. They're emotions. It doesn't mean like when I feel anger, that doesn't mean I am anger. It just means anger is running through me or shame or guilt or any of those feelings are not you, but they are emotions that have to be validated. And so sometimes, you know, we're, we're not supposed to like have those. Like society's not telling us if it was different and saying it was like, all right, anger is acceptable, but the way in which we have to deal with it has to be in these parameters. We'd have a totally different society. I am angry and I am going to stare at this mirror and, and put a picture of who I'm angry at. And I'm going to say to them that would diffuse a lot. Yeah, it's true. You know, so it doesn't mean we always have to engage in conflict, but the energy has to move out of us. Yes. Okay. So after that point, after that point, then you go, you have to, well, then this is the part where we, this is what we do in the mastermind group in the membership group because now you got to come back to like well what's the desire again mm-hmm. what is the thing and desire the easier way to think of it is that what's on your bucket list before you die like what are the experiences you want to have with your family for yourself for your career for your creativity whatever it is you really should have a desire for all the areas of your life but you just have to come back to one because then what is your reason to come back to homeostasis what's yeah. your why yeah, you have to really take a broad look at at the details of it. In absolutely, look at what does this conflict mean in the grand scale of my journey. Otherwise, it's like otherwise you are getting really attached to how it was making you feel in the day to day. Not exactly. In the, not in what, what is the purpose the, of this conflict within my life, and that's why you have to like generally look at yourself as a hero. Because otherwise, we're not even looking at conflicts as if something that it should happen. We, like, the majority of us, of 
the world thinks that conflicts are things that we want to avoid so that we can go on living for something that we don't even know why we're living. Let's use an example. So we travel with kettlebells. So it would be like me like going, oh, this 45 pound kettlebell. I can lift it up. Look, look how strong I am. I can hold it up. You know what? I think I can even carry it to the end of the campground. And then I carry it all the way to the end of the campground and I set it down. I go, see, see, I, I carried it that far. Look at how great and strong I am. And then like asking like, well, why? Like what, what good is it having it? Uh, I don't know why. It's just like, look, I, I'm just trying to prove I'm so strong. I'm so capable. And sometimes we're doing that. We're so caught up in like proving the initial thing or getting caught up in the reaction to whatever whatever kettlebell is in front of us, instead of asking like, well, do I even, even if I can pick this kettlebell up and carry it across the campground, do I even want that kettlebell on the other side of the campground? And first analogy that came to my mind. That's pretty good, pretty good, solid. It's, it it literally is that over and over and over again. Um, I've gone many tangents on what I talked to Victor about with that stuff, because depending, I think, on your personality type, some people can get caught up in that, in that immediate, what's right in front of them, it can also be a great talent, it can make you a really good entrepreneur. But it's it's not necessarily the ultimate goal. I mean, I even look at like, we're at this rad uh, campground, and I only say rad because of the fact that it's like, it's so not where we go normally, but you, it's not a rad campground as much as there's so many rad RVs around us. Like, I feel like I'm in an, um, like an RV dealership in a way. Like you have your choice <laughs> of looking. I want to go, man, I think I want to go RV shopping. Just go ask all my neighbors. Can I look through your RVs? But the fact is, is like I could be here and I can easily get caught up in that. Ooh, I want that momentum. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's a cyclone down there. Ooh, I want, I want, I want. Because it's right in front of me. I become reactionary. When if you asked me a week ago and I'm just like, oh, I'm just so happy being in nature in Custer State Park. Yeah, you have, desire is not a thing, it's a feeling. And so, like, desire for your hero's journey to move along it is actually found not like looking like, hmm, do I want this one, do I want that? It's actually, like, when you close your eyes. And, and you whatever you can, whatever your brain wants to feel, and, of course, you do need sometimes need a little inspiration. Maybe you have to think about, like, what well, you used the example last week, like, oh, do you want to have a specific moment experience feeling with your kids as a parent or maybe it is like career related like you want to have this whatever it can be an achievement it's that's fine whatever it can be any of these things but whatever happens when you close your eyes and the the vision that comes to you i know people say that oh, but i don't have vision i don't there is something that's happening when you close your eyes we're visual creatures there's some, it might just be colors, but there's going to be some sort of energy that's coming to your mind. You might have a pretty clear picture. It might be just a fuzzy picture and you kind of have to tune into that picture more. Like, okay, what's this picture that's coming to my head? And what's the feeling? That's the most important part. What's the feeling that you want to create? Because that feeling, that's the desire. Do you mind sharing? Did you have one that came to your mind when you were trying to transmute this that you're like overall? Because I can definitely see when, when she's like, I'm not stressed. I'm like, well... You should be stressed. This, this, this. I could see it. Like the state of the world. What it's like to be 21 in this world right now. When you have no idea what the future is going to um, turn out to be. We're at such a pivotal point And you want to believe it's going to be one way. But then like you interact with the world. And you think, oh my gosh, it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. We're going to turn this around. But it does feel like that at moments. Uh, 
you know, just the space alone, moving from where she had her own space in an RV, in just her and Isabel, they had calmness, quietness, really, to be back into with an RV with seven people who are so dang loud. Um, there were so many things. The climbing, she went from epic climbing in Lander to really mediocre climbing in Custer. Um, yeah, I think it was like, so the a lot of the... Because I am part of the shame triad, so there's a lot that it, it typically ends up coming back to, like, root feelings of, like, unworthiness or invaluableness. Um, when I started, like, letting those subconscious thoughts rise to the surface, I, w- I remember just being like, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm so disappointed in myself for not being more productive now because I don't have faith in my future unless I'm actively pushing the boulder uphill in the moment. <laughs> and that's... But so for me... Uh, I talked about in another email how I felt like, oh, I kind of completed a story. And let me talk about in the hero's journey, you kind of complete cycles. You're going to go through macro and micro hero's journey cycles, either in your entire lifespan or within a couple week period. And I felt like I completed one that kind of started when we moved into the RV. And I think a lot of the... Um, a lot of the confusion or chaos or turmoil came from the fact that I feel like I'm starting a new one. And now I have to pick a new desire. And I have to pick a new desire that I have faith in. Now we talk about, we're jumping a lot of hoops here. We always do that. <laughs> Gotta keep you guys on your toes. <laughs> and we got numerology and we talk about with life purpose, you have a numerology life path number. And I always, anytime in my life that I kind of feel like at a loss, ironically, my, my life path is trust and openness. So if I feel at a loss of what my desire is, I know my desire is actually to feel a sense of trust that everything's going to work out. And yet at the same time, that's the very thing that's pulling me off the path because I don't trust that the desire is going to be fulfilled even if I don't know what it's going to be. And so we were actually having a conversation about that around the campfire. That is the root of what I had to transmute and come back to. The fact that I felt like, oh, I don't know what my desire is. Every time in my, for, I mean, probably my whole life, I've always had a goal and I can accomplish any goal if I know what the goal is. Like I can go through all the steps, but if I don't know what my goal is, then I feel like I don't have any trust. I have no trust that it's going to work out. And so with the combination of feeling generally just as a foundation that the world is very uncertain and I can't necessarily count on the system that's in place, which you can't. (laughs) That's just a fact. Um, And then also feeling from a personal standpoint that I don't have trust in myself to get me where to where I want to go. Then it leaves me in that place of like, well, okay, got to come back to the very thing. That's the challenge. Just trusting that it's going to work out and trust is trust and openness is actually the desire in the long run but it's also the challenge yeah. uh, for me on that hero's, probably the macro hero's journey. Absolutely. All right, I think we'll wrap that up with that today. And, you know, like we said, we have we meet on Monday nights talking about uh, all sorts of things related to this. Uh, last, The very first week, we talked about the hero's journey. Um, tomorrow, we're talking about, what were you doing? I wrote it down. I can't remember, but... We've, we bring in, you know, you have to be able to look at multiple, at your life, at not even your life. Let me rephrase that. You have to look at yourself from many different lenses, from different angles. You, like Gabby said, she looks at it herself from her numerology. I look at myself from my numerology too, in a grand scheme, in the big picture, integrity and wisdom. It's sometimes, then we look at it from the lens of our Enneagram and 
Sometimes we can, sometimes those work together really well. And sometimes they actually work against each other. But, but if with practice, with more insight, you can, you can focus more on how they supplement each other. So Gabby has a three, achievement driven, but trust and openness doesn't necessarily match up with that in some ways, but it can, meaning like she can still have a goal and focus instead of the result, she ends up focusing more on the journey. How can I maintain trust and openness along this journey while simultaneously having a goal I want to achieve? As a type eight, sometimes I want to kill all my foes. <laughs> I want to like destroy all injustice in the world. Like, and, and as a life path nine with integrity and wisdom, I have to balance out that I have to show up in this voice instead of in that angry voice that's showing all the wrongs. And instead of like, Hey, like these, let me just share with you how I've gotten past this. Let me share with like what I've learned along the way, like the kettlebell or like how I can get wrapped up in these RVs that are beautiful and brand new right next to me. And then at the same time, step back and go, what would that serve? Like what, what, what benefit am I trying to achieve by always reaching for something new? Um, is that going to fulfill my big picture life path? Is that going to bring, bring me happiness? So on Mondays, we, we talk about Enneagram. We'll talk about more about detail about hero's journey uh, because a lot of that hero's journey is about not allowing yourself to be distracted so that you can stay on your path, so that you can progress through the dark night of the soul so you can come out with new belief systems so you're not stuck in those silly old belief systems that keep telling you that same story on repeat that aren't really serving you anymore and that sense of like not being stuck in that creates this inner freedom really you're, you know we're trying to tap into your inner wisdom that innate knowingness that you always have. We're not your answer. We're just guiding you on Monday nights. You have your answer. We're just trying to ask the right questions to help you discover that answer. Um, numerology. Childhood programming. That's a big one. <laughs> um, so lots of good stuff. And, you know, it's good because we take it slow. One, you know, one, one concept, one thing to work on each week. Um, you know, I only work with people if I'm going to dive deep into it. So this is a really good starting point for people. It's low commitment. You just get to show up once a week and kind of just softly get to look at yourself in the mirror. And yeah. And we usually share a meditation at the end of each week. Yes. Which is great because I know for a lot of people having the accountability to do it on your own is sometimes <laughs> a lot. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll see Namaste. you soon.